Now's the really exciting time, though. Uh, we are starting a brand new series in the book of Deuteronomy. Ever since I shared that two weeks ago, I've just been inundated with messages. You guys are coming up to me, texting me, just like, I can't wait to start. This is my favorite book. You know, I like, can't wait to study it again, you know, and just keep on hearing it. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, even when we, okay, last, last week when you guys, we had the, the church in the park, right? Memorial Day. How many people were here? You guys wouldn't even let me do the Deuteronomy section of the trivia. Now, and it's probably because you guys are like, well, I don't know that one very well, you know, or you're like, you know, we'll, we'll get enough of Deuteronomy. I don't want to, you know, just start a week early. It'll be, it'll be long enough. I tease, I tease because uh, Deuteronomy, if you've ever read it, is a book about the law. And it's called De- Deuteronomy, the uh, Deutero and na- nama, Namas uh, from Greek is, is like two law. So like second law, or the, the repeat of the law. Uh, if you've read Deuteronomy, it's the fifth book of the Bible. There's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, then comes Deuteronomy. Uh, the law already came in Exodus and Leviticus. And then in Deuteronomy, it comes again. It's the second time, it's the re- repetition of the law. Um, and nothing, come on, be honest with me. Nothing screams audience engagement like let's read the rules again. You know, right? Like, you know, you ever had a game night and someone's, you pull out, let's, do, let's try this new game. And there's always that one person who's like, well, let's just read through the whole rule book before we get started. We got to make sure that there's a, right. And everyone's like, okay, come on. How about we just play a few rounds and then we'll just kind of figure it out as we go. Right. But then what if they say you play a few rounds and you're like, all right, and now let's read the rules again. You know, it's like, no, like we're, we just want to go. That, that's, that's about as, as exciting as Deuteronomy is. So I get it. I get it. Right. Plus when you read the laws, you read the rules, it sounds like they were written 4,000 years ago because they were, <laughs> you know, it's like a completely different culture from like an ocean, a literal ocean away from where we are today. And now we're going to study it for two months, right? The first, the first thing we've got to understand is how in the world is this supposed to apply to us, right? Like, like what am I supposed to get out of this? Uh, what, by, by reading the book of Deuteronomy, what is it supposed to give me? How, like, how, is, how, is, how did this make the cut into the Bible? What, what is it for me? Here, here are some of the questions that I think we struggle with the most in our Christian faith. It, a lot have to do with what are God's expectations of me? Like, what, what does God actually want from me? Am, am I doing enough? Am I doing the right things? Am I, am I good enough? Uh, what's his will for my life, right? Like, what, where does he want me to step? What decision does he want me to make? There's all these possibilities. Uh, what am I supposed to do? The book of Deuteronomy is God's word to his people telling them what he expects from them, <laughs> what they are supposed to do. So at, at least at one level, it's answering these questions that we still carry to this day. We haven't sorted those out in the 4,000 years from when they were written. Now, granted, the context is totally different. The culture is totally different. And so there's going to be a lot of room for us to discuss and try to apply, well, what is this law mean for us today? But the God hasn't changed right? The people haven't changed, right? I mean, different people, but we still have the same nature. God still has his same nature and character. And so when we explore Deuteronomy, we're going to come to know who our God is that we're trying to serve on a much deeper level. We'll learn who we are, and then there's a lot of room for discussion, which our church is perfectly set up for, to try to apply it. Therefore, this is what it should look like today. If this was the principle, this is what God was wanting his people to do because of who he is and who they are, how should we apply these things today? That's how we're going to, uh, the, the posture we're going to take as we dive into Deuteronomy. Uh, I would love to encourage you all to read through the entire book of Deuteronomy. So we have a reading plan that we're administering through text messages. 
So every morning, uh, you'll receive a little passage and then a question for reflection. You have to text uh, the word study to one 674 I think I got it. Wait, hold on. Yep, got it. Okay, here, do we, uh, is there a slide with that? Yes, thank you so much. That, that's exactly what I said. I got it right this time. Um, if you want, that'll put you on the list and you'll start receiving them every day. We're taking two months to, to go through the book, so you won't have a, a massive chunks. Today's uh, chunk was 10 verses. Uh, real simple. Uh, keep up with it. If you uh, fall behind, don't worry. Just kind of keep reading. Uh, I would love for us just to be reading slowly through the book and, and trying to figure, what is this saying about God? Like, who is he? Who, who am I? The questions are trying to help us uh, engage with it. It's a different question every day, so it's not the same question. Um, but I encourage you all just to join this study. Uh, if, if maybe early morning text messages aren't your thing, we do have the whole list posted to our study guide page on our website. Um, if you've been using those study guides from the previous series. Uh, but you can see all of the, the different passages and the questions if you want to look at that on our website. But I encourage us all, let's read this together. Let's go slowly through it and let's try to listen to what God wants to say, revealing about himself. And we'll find uh, the book of Deuteronomy is a key book to understanding the entire Bible and how God wants to reveal himself to us even today. So key passage, that's um, why we're looking into it, why we're studying it and how we can study it together. Uh, this week, we're gonna start with the very first three chapters. Now, to understand what Deuteronomy is, uh, it's not just the law written down. It's actually a speech that Moses gave. It's, it, the, whole, the, whole, the whole book is a speech. Uh, it's kind of his uh, farewell address. He knows his time is coming to a close. He's about to die. And he gathers all of Israel together. And he says, here's what I want you to know. Uh, in, in context, Israel, God's people, has wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and now they're finally on the doorstep to the promised land where God said that he will take them. They aren't there yet. Moses is, is going to die. God has said, you will not enter into the promised land. You'll pass the baton to Joshua. And so Moses, right before his death, says, well, let me, let me address everyone. I kind of view it, you know, we're in graduation season. I kind of view it like a, a graduation speech. You know, like in, in graduation speech, I don't know if they still do it. I don't have kids that age. But when I was in high school, you know, you have like the valedictorian or the class president like stand up and just kind of share like, here are my thoughts on what we've all been through, you know, and now we're going our separate ways. But here's, here's my best advice to you. You know, here's how you will live well, you know, and wherever you go in the future. That's what I view Moses, the, the unquestioned leader of God's people who says, okay, we've been through a lot together. You know, like, like looking back, but we're going forward. I'm not going to be with you. You're going to be on your own. Here's how you can be best set up for success in the future. We're going into God's promised land. Here, here's what I want you to know to make sure that you can live your best life. And then he goes into the second law. And it's, it's the law. This is, this is what we have to do. Uh, but what we're going to be today is, is the introduction to his speech. So he doesn't dive right in. If you start reading Deuteronomy or if you've been reading along with uh, uh, the, the Bible plan that we have, he doesn't just start law, 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 law. He starts with an introduction like any good, good speech would have. Uh, and in three chapters, he kind of shares a little bit of the past, right? So he's kind of like, man, look at everything that we've been through, you know, bringing us here to today. Uh, these are the stories that he shares. Let me just turn this on real quick so it'll work. But these are the stories that he shares. Uh-oh, is that too white on white for you guys? It's got a shadow. All right, good. Hey, you, you have to let me know because I look at the screen in the back 
and it's a little bit smaller. That's why I sometimes squint and the lights are bright. My, my sight's fine. Don't worry, Sherry, I don't need glasses. I'm just kidding. Uh, but you, you let me know if you can't see that. But these are the stories that Moses starts with. This is what he highlights. So he first starts off with the delegation of judges and how we're going to run kind of administration around here. Then there's a story of the a prior refusal to enter the promised land. That's actually what caused this 40 years of wandering in the desert, in the wilderness. Then there's these stories about safe passage through other nations. And then there's defeat of two kings. Uh, then they split up the land and they get to settle in it. And then there's this baton passing to Joshua. And, and let me tell you, look, if you, if you just read through this or if you've been going through the, the reading plan and you just read these first three chapters, it's like, oh my, how many chapters is Deuteronomy? You know, it's like, what, what is this? You know, like the, these feel like kind of random stories of cool, I guess it happened, right? You know, like, okay, that happened. And if, look, if you've read those first books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, these would even be familiar to you. This, they say these stories uh, primarily in Numbers, so it's like, oh, I've already heard this. You know, it's like, what? No, like, this is, this is boring. It's regurgitation. We, like, why, did this, why do we have this? To understand what the purpose of these three chapters are, we have to understand what the purpose was in Moses' speech. He's giving a speech to his people where he really wants them to be set up best. He's, gonna, he's not going to be with them. He wants to set them up best. So he's using this introduction to introduce the law. What's he saying in the introduction? What are these stories, these five stories that I've just loosely summarized, what do they have to do to set up the law? What he's saying is, who are we? He's looking back, who are we as a people and who is God? Because those are going to be the participants in this law going forward. It's us and it's God together. That's what the law is. So let's, let's just remind ourselves, who are we? Who is God? So for example, in this delegation of judges, what a weird place to start a speech right? I mean, if, if, if we read through the, don't worry, we're not going to read through the whole thing, but it just says like, we just wanted to, you know, add some judges, you know, and so we did. You guys are cool with it. Uh, here's an example, uh, or a few of the verses, uh, 13 through 14 in chapter one, and then I'm jumping down to 17. He says, this is Moses speaking, choose some wise, understanding, and respected men from each of your tribes, and I will set them over you. You answered me. What you propose to do is good. Do not show partiality. This is skipped down to 17. So that, here, these first two verses are, are kind of Moses' retelling of what happened, right? Where he's like, hey, look, I, I can't judge you guys, so I'm, I'm going to try to set up some delegation here. And the people say, that sounds good, right? They have no problem with submitting to authority. They have no problem with justice. They want that. And then Moses says, well, here's how we're supposed to judge. Do not show partiality in judging. Hear both small and great alike. Do not be afraid of anyone, for judgment belongs to God. Bring me any case too hard for you and I will hear it. What Moses is saying about the people is that when we started, right, they had this amazing encounter with God at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai. God shows up to them in thunder and lightning and fire and he tells Moses what the law is, how they will walk together. And then from there, uh, they journey and then along the way, there's this, this time where uh, Moses says, I need to get uh, greater administration going on here. And the people say, that sounds good. We want justice. We want what's right. We want to submit to authority. We have no problem with that. I, ideally, we want to, to exactly reflect what God's desire is for us. They're in, right? So this is a very positive story on, on what God's people uh, are like and their ideals and their desire to be, a, be God's people and let God be their God. The very next story 
is something entirely different. So the first time that they are about to enter the promised land, God says, all right, this is your land. I'm giving this to you as a part of our relationship together. Go ahead and take it. Here's how Moses tells the story. This is also in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Uh, Moses tells it a little bit different here because he's introducing the law. I'll point out some of those differences. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then all of you came to me and said, let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we will come to. Now, I think this is interesting. The way that Moses sets this up is that God says, here's the land, go ahead and take it. And the people say, ah, yes, yeah, I absolutely agree. How, can I get a little more information? You know, it's not, no, it's not that I don't trust you. It's just, I think if I knew a little bit more and could kind of plan it out, then I'd feel better prepared to follow you. I don't have a problem with following you. It's just, I'd, I'd like a little bit more, right? Like a little more information. And, and what Moses is, Moses wants us to see that it's the people struggling to trust God, right? They, they don't just say, cool, we're in. They say, well, what if we could get, how about spies, right? And the, the next line, you know, Moses says, and I agreed with it, and so we did it. But instead of encouraging them and giving them greater confidence to go forward, uh, it actually had the reverse effect. This is how Moses says it. Uh, this is the people's response to the, to the spies. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say, the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. Whoa, I hit it like four times. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. And in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. Massive failure, right? Where God says, take it. I've got you. And then, ah, well, let's, let's get a little bit more information. The more information comes, they're like, ooh, no, no, no. It's not the right time to go. God says, no, 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 no. Look, I've carried you this whole way. It was never the right time for you to do anything, but I was the one who was providing for you. I was the one who saved you from Egypt. And yet the people still said, nah. And, and Moses makes sure you did not trust in the Lord your God. That was the fault here. They didn't trust God. And so then God says, okay, then, if you do not want the land that I'm giving to you, you will not get the land that I'm giving to you. I'll give it to your children. So you get to wander around the wilderness. They will get a chance to go to the promised land. And then the people are like, whoa, 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 time out. I didn't know that was on the table here. I thought, you know, like you didn't tell me this was that serious. And so the people decide, well, we'll, we'll take the land. And if, it, if it's between that, that and, and, and wandering in the desert, we, we all follow you for sure. And here's how it goes. Then you replied, we have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight as the Lord our God commanded us. So every one of you put on his weapons, thinking it easy to go up into the hill country. But the Lord said to me, tell them, do not go and fight because I will not be with you. You will be defeated by your enemies. So I told you, but you would not listen. You rebelled against the Lord's command and in your arrogance, you marched up into the hill country. The Amorites who lived in those hills came out against you. They chased you like a swarm of bees and beat you down from Seir all the way to Hormah. You came back and wept before the Lord, but he paid no attention to your weeping and turned a deaf ear to you. Ugh. 
gut punch, right? That the people say, don't, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll atone for our mistake. Yes, we, we should have just trusted you. Here, we'll, we'll go forward. But Moses makes it clear in his retelling, no, 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 God said, no, I'm not with you anymore, right? The clear point Moses is making, when you are following God, when you're obedient with God, you receive his blessings. No one can stop you. When you choose to go your own way, uh, without God, when he's not present, you're gonna get chased, you know, like, like a swarm of bees behind you. You know, like you cannot do anything. That, that's who we are, right? If Moses is, is telling the story of who, who are we, who is God, before he's sharing the law, we are a people, or the people of Israel are a people that needs guidance to trust God, period. Oh man, that is real jumpy today. I've got I'm just extra firm God's people need guidance to trust God. This is what Moses is saying. Before he introduces the law, remember, he's saying, look, we, are, we have a good heart. We want God's justice. We want to be God's people. We have no problem with authority. But man, we, we just can't quite get it. It's tough. It's difficult not to trust in ourselves. We need to trust God. Look, guys, if you want to be the best, follow the law. This is God's guidance for you so that you will be able to be who God wants you to be. But then he follows up with, with a couple other stories that are more positive. It's the stories about the safe passage through these other nations, uh, defeat of two kings, uh, this future leadership. Uh, when he's talking about, it's, it's very interesting the way that, that Moses frames this. So if you read through chapter two and chapter three, again, it's pretty like, there's nothing here for me, right? It doesn't apply to me. But what Moses is saying is that God owns the land. And so when he has safe passage through other nations, he's essentially saying, I have given them this land. You are not to touch it. Do not fight with them. That is their land. You're going to pass through them. Don't, don't fight with them. This is their land. I have given it to them. I, I allowed them to take it over from these people. All these little details, and you're kind of like, ah, I don't know what it is. But then we get to these kings where he says, yes, the, this is going to be your land. I will give you these. And he has victory over these kings that, that really underestimate the Israelites. They weren't supposed to be this strong, and yet God says, no, this is your land. And all through this, this story, we see that God's land is a part of his promise. That's what he's bringing to the table. We'll see this as a theme all throughout Deuteronomy, where he wants them to be blessed, and part of that is giving them a fertile land, a good land for them. Here's an example of what this says about God. This is Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. Now to me, this is, this is the impressive part. The people have just massively failed God, decided to, I'll do this on my own. And he says, you will not get your, this land that I have promised you, your kids will. But he doesn't sit there like a pouting kid and just be like, are you dead yet? All right, tell me when your kids are old enough and then I'll come back. No, he comes right down with them in the wilderness and blesses them. He has blessed you in all the work of your hands. What have they lacked? You have not lacked anything. See, God is faithful. We're the ones that can wreck our lives. We can wreck our jobs. We can wreck our relationships. We can wreck our future. We cannot wreck God's faithfulness. This is what Moses wants the people to hear. We cannot wreck God's faithfulness. He is willing to get down wherever you have placed yourself, wherever your decisions have, have left you, whatever rubble is around you, he will be there with you through it, right? Even with his promise of 40 years down the road, we'll go to the promised land, but I will be with you right here. 
and I will bless you right here. And I will make sure you don't lack anything right here, right? Still consequences for our actions. God doesn't actually reverse it, even when they say, Lord, we have sinned. But he says, okay, I'll be with you. And I'll start with you right where you are. So when Moses lines these two things up, look, we're a people, really want to follow God. But man, we, we, we need help. <laughs> we can't do it. We're, we're not perfect. Uh, we need guidance. But guess what? God is faithful and he will provide that guidance. Therefore, let me reread this law to you so that you know what we are supposed to do and how we can receive this blessing that God wants to give to us. That's Moses' instruction right here at the beginning of the book. And then we dive right in uh, to what the law says in the rest of Deuteronomy. So before we jump into Deuteronomy these next few weeks, I want us to sit and at least understand these two principles. This is what Moses wanted the people to hear before they heard the law. Also for us, before we just dive right in and say, okay, what does the law mean? Let's do this business of applying it to our context. First, understand we need guidance to trust God. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor, <laughs> if you're not a pastor, you know, if you've been following God for a long time, if your life looks really great, if you're doing the right things, you still need guidance, right? There's still this wrestling match where like, I'd rather get more information. I'd, I want to do it myself. I don't have a problem with following God. We need help. We need guidance answering those big questions, right? What does God want from me? Am I doing enough? You know, am I good enough? Or what, what step do I take next? This looks difficult. We need guidance, that's true. That's true for us, just like it's true for them. Also, we still can't wreck God's faithfulness. And that doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if you're not a pastor, if you're living a nice, straight, and narrow life, or if you've renounced God, right? Or if you've flipped him the bird at some point in your life. If you say, no, Lord, I'm, ah, oh, I've sinned. You know, like, come with me. He says, all right, let's get to work. I am ready, right? You cannot push God so far that he won't come back. That's what this story says. That's his faithfulness. He will provide that guidance right where you are. And you can even be blessed, even in the midst of your life falling apart. Even in the midst of rubble, he can supply everything that you need. That's what we have to hear. And, and, and here's, here's a reminder. God isn't just interested in you getting the right answers. And you picking the right path, you know, like, oh, how, where, where do I go to college, right? Or like, what job do I take? Where, where do I move to? You know, he's not interested and picking the right spot as if he has one right thing. Remember the story of the, the massive failure. He says, go take this land. They say, nah, we're good. And he's like, all right, fine, you don't get the land. They're like, wait, 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 I'll take the land. And then they do the right thing, the thing that God wanted. That was wrong because God wasn't in it. What God wants is to go with his people, not just for us to do things for him. He wants to go with us. He wants to guide us. It's like this. Let's say my wife comes up to me and says, you know what my dream vacation would be? Let's do a 10-day, you know, road trip through the Italian countryside. You know, pick a few cities, you know, pick some with beaches, pick some with history, pick some with uh, gorgeous scenery. Uh, we'll find good hotels. And I say, oh, that's a good idea. And so I study it. I find the right spots. I make a, a perfect itinerary. That's, that's the role in our marriage. Uh, Sherry's just a dreamer about where we go, right? I plan it all out. And I say, all right, we got some cheap flights. It's going to be this day. It's going to work for you uh, getting off of work. Uh, here are the hotels. Here's the things we're going to do. I've got the cars lined up. We're going to do these tours. And I go and I drop her off at the airport and I say, I'll see you in 10 days. She's like, wait, what? 
Like, yeah, you told me how much you wanted to go on this vacation, and it saves money, so I'm just going to let you enjoy the vacation. It'd be like, no, hold time out. I, uh, I had in mind that we'd be doing this together, that it would be like this romantic getaway and stuff. Like, you went to all those lengths just to, so, so we could be separate and do this alone. And I think sometimes we view our relationship with God more like, well, let me just do things for you or let me just set things up for you, God, so that you can feel good and then I'll go my way. Or, or like, I'll go on that vacation. I'll come back and be like, God, I loved Italy. It was great. And he's like, okay, great. But like, I was supposed to be with you. You know, it's like God wants to be with us together. Now, he doesn't, he's not so much interested that we get everything right, that we look good for him. He wants to be with us. Look, he's even willing to go with us in our brokenness or in our consequences in the desert. Just be there. So here's what we have to have. Here's, here's the message for us this morning after we read the first three chapters of Deuteronomy. It's accept God's guidance. Just that we need it and God's faithful to provide it. So accept it. Wherever you're at in their life, accept God's guidance. And here's, here's the fun part. Here's the fun part. For the people that we just read about, the people that we more talked about, and I gave little highlights of verses, they had a law that told them exactly what God's guidance was. Read this, do this, and you are following God. We don't have this law anymore because Jesus came and he said, well, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. This is in Matthew chapter uh, chapter five in the Sermon on the Mount. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. He fulfilled them in multiple ways. Jesus fulfilled them in that he actually followed the law perfectly, where where Israel never could, the people never could follow exactly what God wanted, where God's expectations, everyone was like, yeah, I'm close. You know, but Jesus was exactly what God expected his people to do. He fulfilled it. But also in the way of of the law being this this guidance, this this counselor, you know, where uh, this is what you do, in order to follow God, Jesus is that. You know, we, we looked before Easter at the Last Supper where Jesus promises to send a counselor, guidance in the Holy Spirit. And so we now have not the law that we follow, we have God himself in our heart and the Holy Spirit who is our counselor. You know, it's like the graduation speech where it's like, all right, we're not gonna see each other anymore. Uh, make sure you follow your heart, you know, pursue your dreams, you know, don't let anyone tell you no, you know, and, uh, bye. Well, now what, what we have, instead of Moses just giving us words that we're supposed to remember and think through, we have a guidance counselor who will go with us. Someone who will walk next to us that we take wherever we go, always be with us, guiding us. We have the opportunity to talk with God and receive that guidance in our heart. So when we say accept God's guidance, what we're saying is listen to the Holy Spirit. Ask him, talk to him. The guidance is there. God is faithful to provide it and you need it. We all need it. So ask him every, every step of the day, take him with you. Don't just do things for God. Like, oh, cool. Went to church today, read my Bible today, did the Deuteronomy Bible plan today, talked to my neighbor today. No, no, no. Like, where, where should I go to eat, right? How should I spend the rest of my day today? How should I go to work? What do you have for me here? Talk to God, bring with him. He wants to be with you together as your guidance counselor. Ask him, ask him, let him in. That's how we're supposed to live. And that's how we can enter into this life that the Israelites are in. And that's how we can enter into this understanding of Deuteronomy.
if we go into this posture, we say, okay, Lord, tell me. If we're reading Deuteronomy to understand who our God is, we will more clearly be able to hear the Spirit in our own life. We'll be able to discern what the Holy Spirit is telling us because we'll recognize, oh, that's God, if we can understand who he is. We'll learn that all through Deuteronomy. And if we do, if we follow him, then we're going to be more able to experience the life and the blessings, the richness of whatever God has for our life. He will bring those to us and we'll be able to joyfully enjoy them together. Let's pray this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the stories that you have recorded for us in the Bible. Uh, we thank you for this book of Deuteronomy. I pray, Lord, that you would help us see you through it, uh, that we'd be able to recognize who you are, your character. We'd be able to see ourselves within it. And I pray that you'd be with us, guiding us, even as we go through this process of trying to contextualize the message that you were giving to the Israelites 4,000 years ago and to us today. We want to know you. We recognize we need guidance, but we thank you for your provision of guidance, for your faithfulness to meet us where we are. I ask that you would speak in our lives. Uh, even this morning, um, as we're celebrating your death on the cross, God, speak to us. Talk with us. Nudge us. Encourage us. May you bring us words. May you bring us guidance as our counselor, like you said you would. We thank you, Lord. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So we're going to celebrate communion this morning. You know, when we talked about how Jesus was the fulfillment of the law, uh, one of the ways he fulfilled it was by being perfect, doing exactly what God had expected. What he had said, these are my standards for you in ways that we don't cover, the ways that we can't accomplish on our, on our own. And so when Jesus died on the cross, we say that's the death meant for us because we didn't live a perfect life. It was only Jesus who didn't deserve to die, and yet he wants to exchange that with us. He wants to say, I'll take you and your brokenness, your inability to be perfect, and I want to give you my perfect life. I'll take your inability to be perfect. I'll pay the penalty of death for you, and you can live my life for you. It's a great exchange. Yeah, yeah, you know it's good. And so when God looks and sees us, he doesn't see us in our brokenness. He doesn't see us in the mess that we've created. He sees his son who is perfectly righteous and pure and has done everything as God expected. So we thank him when we take communion. When we take it this morning, let's thank him in gratitude, but let's also recognize that he wants to guide us to live that life. So it's not just a one-time thing where now we, you know, we get the receipt and we just show we're good. He wants us to live that life that he has lived for us. Uh, we practice open communion. So anyone who wants to receive that life, to make that trade, my life for your life, God, is welcome to take communion with us. And when we take communion, we are accepting that trade. Uh, we're gonna have one main line down the middle here. Uh, you'll come, receive your bread, receive your juice. Then we'll go out back to our chairs on the outside, hold on to them, and then I'll come back up, and then we'll all take them together. So let's uh, share in communion this morning together. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, after he had taken the bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after dinner, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant which is in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Would you bow your head and hearts with me again? 
Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that you want to give us your life and that you want to take ours. Thank you for the new life that you want to put in us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you send to guide us on a daily basis. Lord, may you guide us. May we listen. May we submit to you. Speak to us, Lord. We want to follow you. And may you show us the riches of life that you have for us, that you want to share with us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, I still want to take a little bit of time. We've got three questions uh, to help apply and just share a little bit about what we were talking about this morning. Uh, pick your favorite one. We'll probably take maybe just four minutes this morning just because we, uh, we did the communion. All right, one, what results have you seen from following God in your life? Number two, when are you most likely to accept God's guidance? When are you least likely? And then lastly, how do you discern the Holy Spirit's voice in your life? Pick one of those, answer it to, with your neighbors around you, maybe in the prayer groups that you're at. Then I'll come up and I'll dismiss you in about four or five minutes.